Come, Holy Spirit, and kindle in us the fire of your love. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's June, and we're now at the end of the graduation season. And I bet some of you, or many of you, have gone to graduations. And every one of those ceremonies you go to, you get a program... And right on the cover of that program is the word that's typically used for a graduation ceremony. And it says commencement. But commencement doesn't mean graduation. Commencement means beginning. Something is starting new. When we see people graduate, we see people starting new jobs, relocating to other cities, investing maybe in some new work clothes or a laptop or a new smartphone. And people start dreaming really big dreams, Really, and they use their imaginations, they plan out wonderful lives for themselves and for their, for their families, and they're excited. And all of this is what we mean by new beginning and commencement. And so actually today, we celebrate the birth of the church as we know it. And we also celebrate the new life in Christ at baptism as we welcome Bo Reisig into the household of God. The Holy Spirit arrives today. The story that we heard in Acts that was so wonderfully read by all these wonderful people, the story talks about tongues of flames and speaking in different languages. But at the heart of the Pentecost story is the stark realization, the stark awakening, that God's power is actually available and is actually at work through us. It's not something magic. This is a spiritual realization that the wisdom and mercy and grace and blessing of God Almighty is present within each one of you sitting here. And that expression of of that resulted in new direction, in new possibilities, in giving Christ's disciples new places to go in order to proclaim the good news of Jesus around the world. Pentecost This Sunday, we celebrate this realization of Jesus' promise. He told the disciples to wait, to be filled with the passion and the drive and the energy of the Spirit. He told them, don't be afraid. Wait. It will happen. And when it happened, it changed the world. It actually changed civilization on the planet as we know it. But for some reason... We don't like the Holy Spirit. In a way, this response is biblical. Our reading today even used words like amazed, astonished, and bewildered. I don't know many of us that want to be astonished and bewildered very often. We say we like the Holy Spirit, but the practice of the church from time to time has always tended to go to this place where it stunts the Holy Spirit's power. There is something about the Holy Spirit that makes us so uncomfortable. It's why we don't describe it all that well, and there really aren't that many books written about it, and we can't conceive in the Holy Spirit. It's very hard to conceive in almost any way what the Spirit looks like. And so we have some iconography in here, but many icons show either a dove or some type of a symbol of light. But if you think about it, those are really very insufficient. And so we take it on ourselves to start searching. And much of the time, we get off to the wrong search. So much of the time, 
we start searching, and people searching for this spiritual connection with God, they spend too much time looking up to the sky and wondering, why does God seem so far away? But God doesn't live far away. Pentecost reveals to us that God lives within us and around us, but not above us. Within us and around us, the Holy Spirit is a presence of God that is closer to you than even the atomic particles that make up the elements you are composed of. The Holy Spirit is like a mighty wind. It's a wind. It's something you feel, but you don't see. It's wild, and it goes everywhere, and it goes where God wants the Spirit to go, and there's, there's no way to contain it. It's this very nebulous presence of God, but it's deeply personal at the same time. This is very paradoxical, very confusing, almost creepily disturbing. And that's why we don't often talk about the Spirit. But the Spirit actually does a lot of good and does a lot for us all the time. God's Spirit actually prompts us much of the time and stirs our hearts and prompts us or warns us, even warns us through others. Kind of in this way. This was told to me by a friend of mine as a true story. It might be, it might not be. But I had a friend this week who was driving on a country road next to a woman on a bicycle. And further down this country road, my friend spotted a cow in the road. I'll use her words to describe. Today I yelled, cow, to a woman on a bike. She gave me the finger. Then she rode straight into the cow. I tried. (laughs) The Spirit warns us about things, sometimes through others. The Holy Spirit prompts us like this example, and sometimes we get mad and we don't want to listen. We ignore it. But on the good side, too, the Spirit infuses our hearts in the good moments of our lives. Like, for example, while we gather here in prayer, the Spirit is with us, prompting us to say our prayers. And when we gather in our liturgy and we we receive communion today, we connect to the Holy Spirit in the Spirit's fullest presence because the Spirit is inviting us to open our hearts to our divine Creator in a way that we invite a new connection and that we invite in some way some type of new relationship and we establish something new every time. The Spirit connects us, a great connector, connects us to Jesus by calling us, if you think about this, calling us to walk in Jesus' footsteps, to be as Jesus told his disciples, you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world, you are the light of the world that is needed in this time. So the Spirit calls us into ministry, the ministries that we're doing and the ministries that we haven't even dreamed about yet. But the Spirit is the one that's giving us that drive on the inside to find new ways to be God's agents of healing and love in our world. So today's arrival of the Spirit is a celebration because we are celebrating today the ministries that we do here at Trinity Cathedral. And we're recognizing and we're doing, we recognize today though that we're doing them as a result of that Pentecost Day experience so long ago. But there's, there's a lot more to this and we know this. I think sometimes we don't like the Spirit because the Spirit is intimately part of our hearts 
and our minds. The Spirit is intimately part of our hearts and our minds. And you and I think about a whole lot of things all the time. And some of the things we think about make us really happy and please us. And there's other stuff that we think about that really hurts, that really disturbs us. Like children locked up indefinitely for no other reason other than they didn't arrive here in an acceptable way to our authorities. That disturbs me greatly. Actually hurts my soul to think about it. I'm sure there's all kinds of other things that bother you. Much of this could be a prompting of the Holy Spirit to do something about it. Much of this is the power of God Almighty calling you by your very name and saying something like, Troy, I have shown you something that grieves you and grieves me to the core. How will you let me show you what I can do to help? That's the convicting part of the Spirit. This is the voice of God that is calling each one of us to answer the call like the disciples and go and to do Jesus' work, to proclaim and to liberate and to call people to their better selves. This is the voice that calls each one of you into a greater world that starts looking a lot more like the kingdom of God. But we resist. We don't want to budge. We want to stay in the status quo because it is familiar. We know what it looks like. Author David Watson calls it out in this way. He says, perhaps the reason today we are are afraid to risk property or dig into savings or to choose less lucrative careers is that we're not really yielded to God, not really living in the full presence of the Spirit. We think God is unable to take care of us. Unable to take care of us. Maybe we do think this. But I would argue that the why behind our thoughts isn't what we think it is. Part of what's going on is that we live in a world that we're often so busy or so overstimulated by information that we're not really awake. We don't entirely know what it means to be fully alive. The disciples at Pentecost got this jolt of new life. They saw fire as tongues of flame, and they heard other people talking about uh, in other languages that they didn't even know that they knew. And they began to see the world as their oyster, full of all kinds of unlimited possibilities. They realized the value of people, and they saw that every single person has something to contribute. But more importantly, and what really changed everything, is that they saw the presence of God come alive in them. And that the the presence of God, as the presence of God was awakened in them, they started realizing what gifts God had given them. They were reawakened to their own potential as God's agents out in the world, they, they began to see possibilities that they could bless the world in a way very similar to the way that Jesus blessed the world. And so they took that blessing and they took it out. They left Jerusalem. They went everywhere. They came out as followers of Jesus and they came alive with blessing. And that was then. But now we are, ta- we are called to take this Pentecost message as a kind of time of commencement for us, a new beginning. 
You've got skills. You've got gifts. You've got the talent that the world needs. And God has made you, has made you fearfully and wonderfully made just as you are. In the words of theologian Howard Thurman, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go do it. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. This is exactly what the Holy Spirit is calling us to do. Not to an existence where we sleepwalk through life, fearing change, building up every creature comfort to numb ourselves from our pain. No, not at all. We are called to listen. To listen to those close-in promptings in our heart of God's Spirit, listening to those calls to wake up, to be yourself in every way so that the presence of God Almighty can live and breathe and work in you so that when God's Spirit acts, you go along for the ride. It's Pentecost. It's time to move. The fire of God rests upon each one of you in this room, and the heat and fervor of God's Spirit burns brightly in your hearts. Do not sit on this opportunity. Do not squander this moment. On this Pentecost, it is time to let God make you a person who has come fully alive with love. Today is your commencement into real life and to being fully alive. So breathe in the Spirit and breathe in life. You are becoming fully alive.